it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 4.13 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. In our last episode, we talked about the team going to another level after a breakthrough in the pursuit of IM3. And the team won the next six games by an average of 15 points. But in early February, the team was upset on the road. In the first half, we're going to hear from Kanan Coffey about that game and what it's like as a player as you begin to lose a game you're supposed to win. In the second half, we're going to hear from Coach Tonegal about what's going through a coach's mind in a game like that and how he tries to reverse the tide when things aren't going well in the middle of a game. We're joined now by Kanan Coffey. And Kanan, we're talking about one of the low points of this season today. You know, every year we go through some major highs and some major lows, but we're going into this one game. Uh, we're playing on the road. We're ranked number one in the country, and we're playing a team that's 0-13 in conference. So if you can go back to that day and just be on the bus ride to the game, what was going through your mind? So at that point in the season, um, we had had a couple big wins against big teams, and we were playing well. Um, and I think it was just one of those games, man, where – you kind of switch your mentality and you know we had played Goshen earlier in the season and, and beat them pretty handily and so I think on the bus ride there we went into it um, kind of thinking the same thing uh, just another game um, you know another easy win for us kind of deal and um, yeah I remember Grant wasn't playing that game and so um, you know we had had guys sit out or not be able to play in other games this year and other guys stepped up and so that wasn't too much of a of a thought for us but um yeah so we we just kind of looked at it as you know a game that we can win you know the team didn't have any wins yet and so um we thought we'd just show up play our game and we'd be able to come out there with an easy win and I remember even in the in the warm-ups we saw that one of their top players who we spent a lot of time game planning for was in street clothes and he wasn't playing so we have a ton of respect for their program their coach is a great friend but on paper we were the heavy heavy favorites Definitely. especially one of their top guys wasn't playing so at what point in the game was there even a thought where maybe fear started to creep in your mind at the beginning of the game their best player Stucky uh, kind of got a roll early and so within the first five six minutes of the game he hit you know back-to-back threes he had to started getting hot early and so I think at that point that's kind of when the foundation was set of fear and um, you know that idea of what if this team is the team that beats us right now you know what if um, you know they get hot and they keep hitting threes or uh, we keep missing shots and um, so I think that was the initial stage when fear got planted and then I think fear then eventually took over about five to ten minutes into the second half when, you know, their game plan was continue to work and, and we didn't really know what to do. Our shots were falling. Um, you know, we kind of turned it into a second-half team this past year. And so, uh, you know, we were just kind of waiting for ourselves to get rolling, someone to hit a shot, get us going. Um, but that never really happened. There was never really that spark. Um, and so I think at that point with, you know, ten minutes left in the game, we were just playing strictly out of fear, you know. 
every shot was second guessed, um, passes were second guessed, and uh, there was no freedom at all. You know, when we would get into the huddles, you know, we'd kind of say what we needed to say, but it, it, there wasn't that feeling that that guys were playing in freedom and that guys were playing, um, you know, out of a sense of worship. So, and and there, it is a, interesting to remember because it's almost like there's this feeling even when you go into halftime like okay well we're gonna turn it on yeah but I remember as that game went along we just kept getting tighter Mm -hmm. and tighter and tighter and in the huddles guys would say stuff like be fearless or don't think about it yeah but just felt the team get tighter and tighter and then they kept getting looser and looser as they made big shots so how is it possible that a team that has had so much success in big moments multiple starters who have played in national championship games but in this moment tightens up and it's just playing out of fear. I think, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is, um, I think part of it is putting our identity in the wrong spot and putting our desires, um, you know, approaching the game with the wrong perspective. And so for on the one hand, from a basketball perspective, um, especially in a league like this, you know, you can never overlook a team. This is solid basketball and, you know, every team, you know, throughout the conference is a solid team. And so it can never be a night where you overlook it um, or take it for granted. And then I think from a perspective, um, spiritually, like when you look at basketball and you look at when you play the game, it should never be out of a selfish desire or a personal gain. Um, and I think at that point, a lot of us were thinking about, oh, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do to, to get us back in this game? And, um, you know, that just we just put pressure on ourselves and all that stuff instead of, um, you know, I mean, we always preach about the I am third mentality. Instead of looking at what can I do, we should have just been looking at, man, how can we, you know, pursue this game? Um, ultimately, how are we showing Christ through the way we play? And um, how are we trying to help our teammates instead of just looking for ourselves and, um, I think that's kind of what crept in because, um, you know, we wanted to be the one to, to, you know, to overcome it and to be the story of that game. But there never really was that point. And there was really this sense that each guy was with good intentions, yeah, trying yeah. to make a play For to sure. put us back. But then Stucky, who just played a phenomenal game, hit that three. <laughs> and they, they actually, Coach Trofe, uh give credit to him being fearless. Yeah. He It was a tie game, and he decided to foul. Mm-hmm. So we made two free throws, and they held to go for the win. And Stucky hit the three to, yeah. to win the game. Yeah. As you walked in the locker room, what was going through your mind, and what was that locker room like? <laughs> that was probably the quietest locker room I'd ever been in. Um, man, there were so many different emotions running through my mind. You know, I was – I think, first of all – I was shocked. I just, you know, on the bus ride there leading up to the game, you know, I never had thoughts that something like that would happen. And I was shocked. I was frustrated, um, you know, disappointed. Like, why would why would we lose a game like that? Like, why weren't our guys ready? And all these different thoughts popping in my head, you know, team with no wins beats the top team in the conference. Like, that doesn't happen often. And, you know, knowing that it was going to, go all on, on social media, all that stuff, and just recognizing, like, man, that's that stinks, and we put ourselves in a tough position. Um, but, yeah, it was just – it was. I don't think I've ever been in a locker room like that before just because 
I think guys as a whole, we just, our mentality was so flipped from what it normally was. And it, it was so hard to figure out like what triggered that. But I mean, when we look back at it, just recognizing like, the role that fear played in it. Yeah, you're you're so spot on because now sitting after the season as a coach, it's so easy to look back on mentality, like you said, and see fear. They were being fearless right. and they gained momentum. The crowd got into it. Their players, you could see and believe. And we were playing out of fear. But in the moment as a coach, we're frustrated with rebounding. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about all these system-based technical parts of the game and not about the mentality, not about how fear played in the game. And then all weekend long, I remember watching film and trying to figure it out with the team. Like, what is wrong with us? Why can we not win this game? And then it was Monday morning, um, came into the gym early, uh, was walking to my office and saw you in the gym, like always, very, very early. And we sit down, we're just talking, not even talking about the game, but then we start watching some film and it comes out the role that fear played for you in that game and some of the reasons you were struggling with fear. Can you go back to that conversation and just take listeners inside? What was leading to fear in that moment? Yeah. So I was just, you know, I just wanted to get in the gym and try to get my mind off things. And, um, but I think again, that too is a stem from that, that fear mentality that I had. Um, but yeah, I think, I think throughout that game, um, and throughout the past couple of weeks before that game, I started struggling with a performance-based identity. So, you know, if my shots weren't falling, um, then my my head would get all scattered, and I'd try to figure out, like, man, what is my role on the team when I'm not hitting shots? And, um, you know, as a shooter, I think that's one of the hardest things to do is mm-hmm. be consistent. And so, um, you know, whenever I'd show up to practice or, you know, be with the team, I'd always – try to put on this face of like, man, it doesn't affect me. Like I'm not struggling with any of that stuff. When deep down I knew like each day I went out there, I was playing out a performance-based identity. And, um, you know, I think that that was prohibiting me to play in freedom and ultimately to play out of worship and treat the game of basketball as worship for me. Um, But yeah, I think throughout that period and that game was kind of the high point of just like, recognizing like man we cannot put our 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 identity in a game um there's so much more to that and ultimately recognizing that when we do put our identity in christ um in everything that we do um it just gives you a a much greater sense of freedom whether it's a game or um you know any aspect of life um when we pursue it that that way and wholeheartedly and then the results will take care of themselves. And, and it's so interesting to contrast to another moment. You're going to be on in several episodes and talk about another moment where you just did something in complete freedom mm-hmm. and the outcome of that moment and the mentality of that moment. It's so fascinating to contrast one with the other. But really, you sharing that that morning opened our eyes. And as coaches, we gathered and just said, well, man, Kanan's that guy that works so hard. He looks unflappable on the court. If he's struggling with it, how much more must the rest of our team have some fear in this moment? And what role did that play? And that's going to lead to what we talk about in the second half with Coach Tonegal in next episode about how does a coach respond when it's not effort, it's not even mental toughness, but it's fear that's getting in the way of elite performance. That's, that's what we'll go into the next couple of episodes. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, 
who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG president, Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're joined again by Coach Tonigal. And Coach, we heard from Kane in the first half about the upset when uh, the number one ranked team in the country got beat by a team that had not won through the season. So I just want to go inside a, a head coach's mind during that game. Um, first of all, what's your fear going into the game like that? So we're going on the road. We're heavy favorites. Uh, what are you thinking as a coach that, that you're scared about playing in a game like that? Well, you got to know the pulse of your team. And I think sometimes – in those moments, fear can paralyze you because the expectations are, look, this is supposed to be an easy game. We're supposed to win this. I don't necessarily worry about our guys looking on to the next opponent, but more or less, what kind of fears are we carrying at that moment? So as the game starts and it's back and forth and it's close, as you're managing the game, maybe feeling like we should be able to put this team away, what are you thinking and what's going through your mind? Well, I'm battling frustration, to be honest, because we're not playing our best basketball. And I just saw some look on our guys' faces at times that made me made me question, are they playing in freedom right now? I don't doubt they were playing hard, but that, that fear, I think, had kept them from playing their hardest, but also just playing completely free. How is a game like that possible? So if, if you played open gym, our team against their team, we'd be heavy favorites. They had, they had a, uh, some players who played really well, but they even had some injuries, so they didn't have their full roster. How is it possible for a team that's such heavy favorites to get beat in a game like that? Well, a lot of things got to go you know, their way. Um, but once again, when, when you're, you're playing it restricted and you're not playing in freedom, anything can happen and it, it kind of snowballed so it started out and I kept thinking we'll get it going here okay we'll get it going in the second half all right with 10 minutes to go I think we even took a one-point lead and I thought okay it'll continue but you got to give them credit because they answered every single time and at the time we didn't fully know so we were we were wondering what's going on with our team but later as it comes out there was just a heavy I guess just called a spirit of fear over our guys. Some guys were afraid of, are we going to lose the number one ranking? Some guys were afraid of, am I losing my starting spot? I mean, you could go probably person by person and find the individual fear. There was a moment with about three minutes left. It, it was a great crowd, but they hit a three, and it was the loudest I've ever heard that gym. And in that moment, they believed that they could beat us. And we have a timeout. As you go into that timeout, and all of a sudden everything's turned, and it's not, hey, our guys really think at the end of the day we're going to win this and they think they're going to lose. It feels like they believe they can beat us. What are you trying to do as a coach in that timeout, in that moment? Well, I'm trying to just infuse confidence in our guys. I'm trying to, to speak to their hearts. Um, you know, I always say this, when I, when I don't know what to do and I'm at a loss of, of words or even direction, I go back to what I believe is my calling, that I'm to unify hearts and I'm to create fearless minds. So, there wasn't a play in that moment that was probably going to make a difference or there wasn't a scheme. It was, guys, I have to unify us, 
but I have to create a fearless mind in, inside of each of you. And what was interesting as it unfolded, uh, we'll hear in the next episode about the way the team and the as a coaches we responded and what turned things. But at the end of that game, Coach Trove did something fearless. You know, we were playing with fear, and uh, it's a tie game. There's 30 seconds left. We're holding for the last shot, and he chooses to foul. We mo- make both free throws. And then he chooses to go for the last shot and shoot a three to win the game. And afterward, he said, I, I knew in overtime it was going to be tough for us to win. So I just wanted to go for it. And I'd never seen a coach make that play. And even when he did it, I was thinking, what is he doing? <laughs> but it was a fearless moment. So just speak before next episode and prepare about uh, the power of fear as one side being fearless, seeing an opportunity, and the other maybe looking at the negative side and playing out of fear. And how did it play out there? Well, shout out to Coach Trofe. I think we owe, I'm going to see him recruiting this summer. I owe him a steak dinner. I hope he's listening. But I, greatness favors the fearless. We, we say that. You look throughout history at, at any key moment, key victory, a turning point, and in, in even our in our own country came when somebody decided to act in a fearless manner. So you can flip the odds when you do that, right? I mean, Vegas had odds. Vegas had odds on that game. They were in our favor. But when a coach makes a decision like that, he at least opens up the possibility to flip those odds. And so they, they, they rolled the dice on it, and uh, it, it, two things happened. We made our free throws, but they came back and made an even bigger shot. On our next episode, you'll hear from the players and coaches about how the team responded to the upset loss to Goshen. You'll go to the next practice and be inside the locker room and hear about the team meeting and the way the team addressed the problems they saw on Saturday. You won't want to miss this one. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask IWU Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWUHoops or email Clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.